You're listening to the Mom Inspired Show, episode 211 with Allison Hamilton Roy. Welcome to the Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I'm super excited to have Allison on the show today. I wanted to do more of a carefree episode this week. We're leading into election if you're hearing this one at air. So I wanted to just do something fun um, and easy. And so, um, you know, I think it's so stressful right now and people are just kind of tense. And um, I just thought, you know what, what can we do, um, you know, that can maybe help bring down the tension and just kind of have a carefree 40 minutes or so of listening to something fun and that can help you. Um, So I wanted to have Allison come on to share with us what she talks about um, with personal style in regards to her clients and sharing with us some ideas. You know, I think it's so easy when um, you have kids and you get pregnant and um, you then have postpartum or you're breastfeeding, or even if you adopted, you know, just going through that whole process and then taking care of children and you know, you're always thinking what's easy, what won't get ruined um, if they get stuff on it. Um, or like I said, if you're breastfeeding, it's you might be wearing clothes that are out of convenience to, you know, to be able to breastfeed, but it might not necessarily be your style. And so all the clothes that you wore before having kids, and if you've had multiple kids, you look up and eight years, 10 years later, you're like, oh, I, this, these clothes are so out of style um, and they don't fit. And then you don't really know what your personal style is. So I thought this would just be really fun uh, for her to share with us some ideas on how to figure this out, um, as well as um, how to look put together on a Zoom call. You know, uh, people are either on Zoom calls for meetings and they are either presenting or even if they're just a participant, you want to look put together. Um, even for us moms, we might find ourselves on a Zoom call for our kids. And, um, you know, we don't want to just look like we rolled out of bed. And so she gives us some tips on how to just look you know, put together and it's very easy and simple. Nothing's too crazy. So I thought this would be really great. So if you have friends that are really um, feeling that challenge of figuring out their personal style, make sure to share this episode. Um, So I hope you guys really enjoy the show. All right, you guys, welcome back to my favorite things segment. I wanted to talk to you guys about chocolate. So I have been looking for um, chocolate that is not super high in sugar or dairy, and I think I have found a winner. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of these chocolate bars. They're called JoJo's, and um, I keep seeing them everywhere, and I'm like, you know what? I want to try it out and see how it is, Um, and I ended up really loving it, Um, and it's only six grams of sugar, and they come in all different flavors. So the one that I got is Peanut Butter Delight. And it is so good. Um, I will say it is not cheap because they use really good ingredients. So um, I'm going to link, uh, I'm going to put the link in the show notes for 20% off. Um, if you go to their website, I think you only get 10% off. So I wish I had that link for 20% off when I got my first order that would have helped. Um, so make sure to grab that. Um, but anyway, I'm going to try their original one. I think it has pistachios, cranberries, and peanuts on the chocolate bar. And it looks so good. Um, so I don't know. I just have been trying to find something that, you know, I don't want to eat a candy bar, especially with Halloween right around the corner. Um, I wanted to have something that I'm not going to feel like, oh gosh, I feel so crappy after eating this, you know, and I don't know. There's something about the candy bars and stuff like that, that it's so easy to keep eating it because I feel like it's so addicting because of the ingredients. So I feel like a Jojo bar, I can eat half of it and feel satisfied. And it just, you know, hits the spot and it doesn't cause this crash of sugar, you know, and making me feel like I need to eat the whole bag, which 
that is like a key thing here um, to not eat the whole bag of chocolate. Um, and for those of you, I know that probably want to know the numbers. I did write this down for you guys. Um, so it's 190 calories for a bar, six grams of sugar, six grams net carbs for all of you guys that are watching your carbs and six grams of protein and it's gluten and soy free. So I just wanted to mention that all to you guys. Um, also living in Tennessee, I was wondering how is this going to arrive and not be melted um, because it did go up to 80 degrees this week. Um, and it actually comes in a styrofoam box with freezer packs, which is pretty awesome. I'm like, that is really cool that they really think about that. Um, I think the owner, his mom had cancer and I think her name is Jojo. And um, I think that's how it all got created. So it's a pretty cool story. Um, I think that's really fun uh, to support companies like that. So anyways, make sure to grab um, the link in my show notes to get the 20% off. Um, if you guys already subscribed to the Mom Inspired Show, then you will have this all in your email. Um, and so make sure to go check out your email and you will have that link. But if you guys don't subscribe to my email list um, and you want to make sure you get a reminder every week for a new episode and all my favorite thing links, um, those are always in the email that comes out every Tuesday. Uh, so make sure to go to mominspiredshow.com and enter your name and email. So that way it will be all at your fingertips. All right, you guys, let's go to the show. Allison, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's my pleasure. Okay. So I like to start off every show with an icebreaker on travel. I am a travel agent. And um, since we're not really traveling like we used to before COVID, where is the place that you are most wanting to go to when you're ready to start traveling again and why? That's a great question. Um, we did have a trip planned for this past summer, which we had to cancel but the trip that really comes to mind is taking my kids to the Grand Canyon and um, to Utah. My husband and I spent some time out there while he was in graduate school in uh, Phoenix and loved it and just find it so inspiring and such a beautiful place to be that we really want to show the kids and let them experience that as well. Where exactly in Utah are you thinking? Uh, well, I really loved Zion and Bryce Canyon. Mm. Uh, I know that there are so many amazing national parks out there. I, it's hard to make a trip that really encompasses them all without just going, going one to the other, to the other. And it's a lot of driving. Yeah. So, uh, those are the ones that I have experienced, but I know that there are more, so it depends on how long we would yeah. take probably, probably just a week. Cause we wouldn't want to be there in the heat. Oh, heat right. Yeah. Of yeah. Summer. Yeah, that's on my list too. And the Grand Canyon, I've been waiting for my girls to get older. They're six and nine and, um, mm -hmm. and I want to do hiking too. So we, I live in outside mm -hmm. of Nashville, so we go hiking and I can kind of gauge by their hiking level that I'm like, yeah, we're not quite ready for that. <laughs> um, I've been to Sedona and, and love it and I would love to bring them mm -hmm. back there. And I'm like, they're not, they're not ready yet for that. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but I've seen so many gorgeous pictures, um, you know, from Utah and stuff like that. So it definitely is on my list. So hopefully you can get there um, sooner than later. Um, and, but it is, it's been such a bummer for everybody to cancel all their summer trips, you know? And um, I know a lot of people like to go for places for Christmas break. And I just think it's kind of a hard reality right now. Cause it's like, you kind of have to pause to, you know, book the, book the trips that you like to do and, and go to, cause we're just kind of all waiting to see what happens and stuff like that. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, there are obviously varying degrees of hard 
right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yes. We're just talking about the heart of travel right now. Yes. 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 Yeah. We're only talking about the, nice, yeah, the luxury nice of travel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. So let's get into the show. Um, I'm going to have you share a little bit more about yourself. So how about you share your name, where you live and how many kids you have in their ages? Okay. Um, my first name is Allison. Last name is Hamilton Roy. Um, I live in Silver Spring, Maryland, which is right outside of DC. And I have a 15 year old and a 12 year old. Oh yeah. So they would be perfect for hiking and stuff like that. Yes. And in fact, that's one of the things that we've really been doing a lot during COVID. And so we've been getting into the woods and doing, you know, what the Japanese call forest bathing to help with our stress levels. And um, we also got out on the water uh, kayaking a bit this summer. So yeah. it's actually been really lovely, um, you know, from that yeah. perspective. I do think that more people got out, you know, definitely mm-hmm. getting outdoors, enjoying nature and stuff like that. And now, what did you say about the Japanese? You said something like, is it a practice? That yeah, you, you it's called forest mm-hmm. bathing. And forest bathing. one of the things we know about the body is that when we go into green spaces, we reduce our, our stress levels reduce. Oh, so, um, so they have, they have this thing instead of, you know, saying they're going hiking, they say they're going forest bathing, which I just, I love it. It's such such a lovely image. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's really interesting. My six-year-old, um, she's very verbal. So she does like to tell us what she's thinking a lot. And when we went hiking over the weekend, she's just like, I love being in the forest. Now, I don't know if you'd call it a forest, but you know, to her, it definitely is a forest. And she really loves to talk about it. And she loves to say how she's in there. And Mm -hmm. now knowing what you just said, that makes sense. I bet you her stress level just like goes really down, but she doesn't know that, you know, so she just recognizes that as, oh, I love being in here. This is so great. Mm -hmm. So I love that. I'm going to go and take a forest bath almost. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's great. I love it. Um, Okay. So Allison, how about you share with us um, a little bit of your backstory and tell us how you got to where you are today? Oh, that's long and complicated. How far back do you want me to go? (laughs) Okay. How about we talk about... Okay. Um, so, uh, how about you go as far back to where it makes sense about, um, why you're on the show today and that we're going to be talking about, um, you know, style and clothing and all that kind of stuff. So how about you go back to that point and then jump us to, you know, how it got you to where you are today and, and, and why we'll be talking about the things that we will be talking about. Well, you know, it actually, it does start at the beginning and I, 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 you're a global nomad, so you'll understand this growing up overseas. I was the new girl more times than I can count. Mm. And so I knew when I walked into a classroom that I wanted to convey a certain first impression. I wanted the people, the kids to think, oh my gosh, I want to invite her over for a play date. And I wanted the teacher to think she's going to be a great, you know, addition to my classroom. So I intuitively understood the power of style. And then additionally, living overseas, you see how different cultures show up in different ways, different things are appropriate. So when I was in Belgium, The clothing is very beautiful there. There's a really high level of aesthetic. 
And then in England, it's also very dressed up, but much more formal and sort of more conservative. And then, of course, in America, we have so many different styles of dress, depending on where you live. Right. Um, You know, and there are microcosms even within cities. So when you move around, you see that people show up different ways. And what that helps you realize, I think, is that you can show up in different ways and you can choose and you have the power to decide what your first impression is. So that really informs my work to this day. Okay. So how about you share with us what you do exactly then today? (laughs) I'm (laughs) I'm a personal style coach and I help women translate what makes them amazing on the inside into a personal style you can inhabit with ease. Yeah, I really love that. Um, Thank you. So walk us back a little bit. So we jumped from like you living different places and then to doing this. So where along the way were you like, you know what, let's just start my own business and like, let's see if women want to even do this. And let's just take that plunge. Because I do think a lot of people are like, how do people do this? Like, you know, how, how do they you know, go after their dreams and their passion and stuff like that. And, um, you know, it's scary, especially if you're working in a traditional nine to five job with a steady income. Um, and then to be like, and I'm gonna, you know, go after this. So how about you share a little bit about that journey? And then and then we'll get into it a little bit more. Oh, absolutely. I think it's such a wonderful opportunity to when you're a mother, Um, to start thinking about what your dreams are. And that's when this happened for me. I was in a corporate career. I was successful. And my husband got an opportunity to travel a lot, which would raise his income. But I traveled for my job. So the math didn't work out with our baby. Mm. Um, And I realized, you know, I was I was unhappy with our childcare situation. I was unhappy in my job. And so it just was one of those things where there was a confluence of events that made it possible for me to say, you know what, now is the time for me to take the leap. And I had always wanted to have my own business. And so, you know, I thought, let me try and figure out what that looks like. And I built it as my child became more independent. So you know, I sent an email out to friends and family saying, if you've ever wanted to tell me what to do, now's the time. And what Daily Outfit has become was what came back. You know, I'd love for you to talk about fashion and style from a budget perspective. I'd love for you to talk about fashion and style from a size inclusivity perspective, which wasn't even a phrase then when I started. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'd love for you to talk about a feminist way of getting dressed or um, how to make this practical or, you know, how to make this doable. So there were all of these questions around fashion and style and practicality that weren't being answered in the fashion press. It was really aimed at rich, white, thin women. And, you know, and, and that, and that's, that was sort of seen as aspirational, Mm-hmm. But what if that's not actually your aspiration? What if you want to have a more realistic um, relationship with your wardrobe? Right. You know, if you're not even interested in having a $2,000 blouse. Yeah. 
that doesn't even cross my mind. <laughs> right. Especially as you, when you become a mother, because who wants yeah. a baby to sit yeah. up on a exactly. dollar blouse, even no one. if you could afford it, you know, it just, it seems absurd to me. So I started out um, as a blogger doing that before, kind of before blogging was cool. And then people started asking me to um, help them in their wardrobes and help them shop. And, and the business kind of developed organically from there. So when you started the blog, okay, let's back up. How long ago did you start the blog? So I've been in business over 10 years. Okay. So this was when, so my daughter's 15 now and, um, she was 18 months when I Mm. left corporate. Okay. So you started the blog and it was about clothing and outfits and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then you, is that the time when you kind of emailed, was it just emailed friends and family or were you emailing people that somehow got into your list about what people were looking for? Or did you use that to kind of launch your blog? I emailed my friends and family before I launched the got blog. It. I really was searching for what was going to be next for me that mm-hmm. incorporated being a, a parent. Yeah. I like that. Now, what did you do in your corporate job? I was in medical advertising Mm. and events. Okay. So um, not at all my passion. It was very organized and um, really high level of of client service. So those were things I was really dedicated to, but it wasn't something that really, you know, fueled my heart. Sure. So when you... the reason why I want to focus on this and then we'll jump into the meat of it is because, you know, a lot of moms listen that have young kids and I know that they want to pivot. They want to transition. They want to do stuff. And I think sometimes they're like, well, that's not what my background was. So I don't really know if I can do it. So I do like asking people, you know, were they doing something similar? And so like you weren't, and not to say that you didn't use what you learned and applied it to your business. Um, So when you, when you started emailing people, were people like, wait, what are you doing? Like, you're going to, you're going (laughs) to help people with their wardrobe. And you were in like, medical, like, I'm curious, because I think that this holds people back. So I'm curious, like, what what your experience was, and how you kind of phrased it to them, um, to make it seem like, no, I'm serious. And I think I'm good at this. So I would love for you to kind of explain a little bit more about it. So I think the imposter syndrome is real. And I would never have taken the plunge to do this if it hadn't been the thing that came back to me in those emails. So when I sent the the email out for feedback from my friends and family. This was something that I had already been doing for people um, as a friend and, and my whole life. So I, I knew that I could do it and my friends and family knew that I could do it. So I had that vote of confidence. And when I first started writing the blog, they were the ones I was sending the blog to. So it did feel safe. That makes sense. Yeah, I like that. Um, okay, so you start a blog 10 years ago. Um, and then how did you go about finding people to work with you and stuff like that? Um, were they your friends at first? Or like, who was looking at this blog? And how were you getting it into, you know, people's hands, per se? That's a great question. I mean, the, the situation in Shireen was very different back then. You know, people were really looking for content. They weren't bombarded in the way that they are oh, now. Oh, true. Yep. So people were much more willing to share 
Um, and when I first started my blog, um, I, you know, I can't even remember if Facebook was a thing or not. Uh, probably. Yeah. My daughter's nine. And so it was, it had been around for a few years. So, but it was fairly new. <laughs> it was fairly new. Yeah. So, you know, me sharing things on Facebook wasn't weird. It wasn't spammy right? It, because it was this whole new world. And right. at the same time, I was building my voice Yeah, and learning what it was that I wanted to focus on. So, you know, I did practice with friends and family. And, and the other thing that I always say to, to people who want to start a business is you really do need a runway. You need to have savings so that you can experiment because the first year is building your business. And mm -hmm. most businesses fail in the first year because they're expecting to make a profit. And that's an unreasonable explanation expectation to have. Right. Yeah. So you really need to understand that the first year of building a business is you, you not only not earning, but also creating things, which is going to cost money, investing in things like a website. You know, a lot of these tools are free. When I first started out, everything was free uh, because these companies were starting out as well. And most of these companies have free versions. So a lot of it you can do on a shoestring. Um, but you know, it's, it, it takes three to five years to make a profit in a business. So you really need to either start it as a side hustle mm -hmm. or have a good, that's why I, that's why I say, you know, starting a business when you become a parent is great because someone needs to take care of those children and either you're paying someone to do it right. or, you know, one of you is doing it if you're in a two parent household and, you know, if that's something that appeals to you as a job, you know, I basically replaced the nanny. Right. So yeah. So you got that income. Spend, right. <laughs> I didn't get that income. I know. But, we but yeah, 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 income. yeah. Indirectly. So for us, you know, it was financially doable. Now that meant we had to live on one salary and be conservative, but it was worth it to us. Yeah. So, I like that. You know, Mm -hmm. That is really good for people to know. Um, one last question about like actu the actual business part, and then we'll jump into the clothing. Um, is there something that stands out to you that you're so glad that you did with the business in regards to getting it to where it is today that kind of stands out to you? I have to say, I'm really glad that I was able to take my time, mm, you know, to, I like that, to yeah. have it be fluid. I built a, a micro business in the beginning. Um, and then my husband had the opportunity to move to the Netherlands. And so we took the whole family and moved to the Netherlands. And I was able to do that because I had my own business. I had just become profitable before we moved. So I was like, what am I going to do? How am I going to take care of my clients? Mm. You know, but then it allowed me to pivot and focus on marketing and branding while we were first there. And I figured out how to create a business that could move with me. Yeah. You know, so all of these challenges that that came to the business made it a better business. So with COVID, for example, I've been right. online for years. You know, there's been it, to me it's no there's no pivot necessary um to serve people online. I have group programs that are online, I have one-on-one -on -one programs that are online and I've tested them all. So I would say being able to develop it over time and take my time with it has been, in retrospect, a blessing. I'm not going to say I wasn't impatient, 
right. at time. Yep. And wishing it was going faster. But um, at the same time, you know, running a micro business has allowed me to be present for my kids. Yeah, I really like that. And so I like pointing that out because, you know, the fact that you've been doing it for 10 years, I think a lot of people, and I've said this many times on the podcast when I talk to people that have started businesses is that you, a lot of times, especially with social media, you're seeing kind of like someone who's already been in it for years now for you, a decade. So you cannot compare what someone has been doing for years, a decade plus to yourself if you're just starting out. And so I, I like having people share that so that people don't feel like they should just give up, you know, two years into it because, you know, they're, um, you know, not making a million dollars, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> I think right. we have to be realistic. And so, um, okay, so let's jump into this. Um, what is it like, what does it look like? I should say, um, when you are working with a client, like, so walk us through what that would look like if we were to all come and work for you, um, kind of just, you know, describe, like, I know you probably have different packages and stuff like that. So feel free to tell us, like, if you want to use one package, for example, on what that would look like. Well, my approach is very different than most stylists. I focus on creating personal style. So um, when I first started out, I did wardrobe review and I took people shopping and that's sort of how I built my business. But then when we moved to the Netherlands and I realized that there was no process um, out there that helps you create your personal style, that's when I dug in and decided to figure that out for people. So I use design thinking to, um, to create personal style with each and every one of my clients. And what that means is that basically we gather a bunch of data. So we look at what flatters you, your color palette, your body type, your face shape, your hair type, your facial analysis. So this, those are the five elements of what flatters you. And then we take a look at a core values uh, assessment. So, you know, what are the things that really make you you? And we look at it from a left brain and a right brain perspective. So we take we do a Pinterest board on your aesthetic And we also do this analysis and we translate those core values into color and into style language. So that's the data gathering part. And then once we've gathered all of that data, we put it and we put it into a private HTML page for each client. So they've got all the information there for them. So for example, um, you know, If you wanted to convey the message that you are super curious, you would use yellow or you could use, you know, circles or perspective or silk or um, cotton. There are various ways of getting at that value that um, are subconscious and convey. And you're not only sending that message to other people, but you're also sending that message to yourself. That's really interesting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is really interesting. So once you gather that data, then we start to look at, okay, so how does that look for you? So instead of me coming up with a vision for how I want people to look, which is the way most stylists work, um, you, we create it together using Pinterest. We look at different, you know, do you want a skirt outfit in yellow? Do you want a pants outfit in yellow? Do you want a Uh, jeans and jacket outfit in yellow, you know, so what do all those things look like? And then the person gets to choose which 
types of looks really appeal to her. And then we curate and edit and curate and edit till we get to a point where we have that jeans look, we have that skirt look, we have that dress look. And then we know exactly what we're looking for. The vision is clear. And then it becomes a scavenger hunt. Mm. So you either think, okay, well, I have three of those five items in that outfit already in my wardrobe. I just didn't know that they went together that way. Or I need that key piece, you know, that yellow silk blouse to really make it all zing. And so we go shopping, we put those pieces into place, and then you've got the clear idea of what it is that flatters you. You know exactly what matters to you and how you want to show up. You have the vision and you have the outfits to match. I like that. That is really cool. Thank you. Yeah, it's a fun process. Yeah, I I can see how that would be fun. And so I wanted to ask you, though, what do you feel like is the biggest obstacle um, that women do have, though, when trying to figure out their personal style? Well, I think for some women, it's easy. And those are the women that we've been sold as our icons. Mm. The women who can go into a wardrobe and put a few things together and walk out looking fabulous. And sometimes it takes them hours and sometimes it takes them no time at all, but we're always told that it's effortless, right? It's effortless exactly. style. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think the biggest obstacle for most women is that it's not effortless and they've been sold on this idea that it's supposed to be. So not only do we have a culture that shames us about our bodies, we have a culture that, um, you know, holds women up who have great style um, and a certain type of body. So there's a, a large sort of source of shame around the way we look as women. But then we've also been told not only are you supposed to look a certain way, but also you're supposed to know how to do this. <laughs> and so, you know, uh, most women are left feeling helpless. And, um, and that's how the fashion industry propagates its selling of tons and tons of clothing. So a lot of American women find themselves with these huge bursting closets and yet feeling like they don't have anything to wear. So what I do is I flip it on its head and I say, here's what you need to do. Here's what looks good on you. Let's make it clear. It's just data. This is not complicated. And then let's figure out how you want to look. And then you get to decide. And then whatever pieces in your wardrobe that fit that vision, you keep. And whatever doesn't, you release. And then you're never going to buy any of those pieces that don't work for you again. Yeah, that is so true. And it it, it is, it, it's, <laughs> I'm just thinking about, I'm like picturing the closets bursting at the seams. Like that is mm-hmm. such the case. And um, especially as you were saying, like, you know, um, in the United States, our closets are so big. So it's like you really, yeah. except for New York City. Um, right. And so um, you can just keep having all those clothes in there, even if you don't wear them. Um, I wanted to ask you, because I feel like with the clothing industry is getting better at this with plus size. And I know that you're even trying to move away from even saying plus size. So I'm sure I'm like not even saying the correct thing. Um, 
So what do you find for people who do not fall in more the traditional sizing? Um, where do you feel like you love sending people? Like if someone were just to listen to this and just be like, yeah, I mean, I would love to be able to go into a store and pick out anything, um, but they don't have, you know, size uh, over size 14 and uh, and up. And I think people feel like, so where do I go? Is there a place that stands out to you that you just like time and time again, just love sending people to? My favorite store, um, because of its size inclusivity mm-hmm. and its good value is Nordstrom. Um, they I had have a feeling amazing, you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Amazing yeah. customer service. Yeah. Um, a great variety of price points. Um, everything that uh, I've gotten from there has lasted a decent amount of time and is well-made. So, um, it's not cheap, right? um, but I also don't think that, um, cheap is necessarily the way to go. I'd rather have you spend a little bit more on your item. And I'm not talking again, that $2,000 blouse, right? Right. Yeah. Um, a little bit more, um, and have a piece that's going to last you at least a couple of years, then, um, go to fast fashion yeah. and have pieces that you know, are basically throwaway. It's yeah. just, it's not sustainable for no. your budget. It's not sustainable for the planet. And it's also just, it, that's way too much time shopping. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Now, what size does it, what size does Nordstrom go up to? I believe they go up to 22 or 24. Okay. Is that in the store or do you find that it's more online? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That is really cool. Okay. Yeah, that is really good. And going back to kind of simplifying your closet so that you're not having so many items, it's like spend a little bit more on a few items that you're going to always wear. Cause you know, we always gravitate towards the same things, uh, you know, just this habit. Um, and so I do, I, I, I like that point that you're making. And so that's definitely something for people to think about. Um, I want to jump to, the era of zoom. So, you know, people Mm -hmm. joke that, um, their business on the top party on the bottom, or even maybe PJs on the bottom. Um, so share with us what you would recommend, um, to the moms that want to feel put together on zoom. Um, but you know, they don't have to wear the traditional business attire anymore. Yeah. I think this is an amazing opportunity for people to really start thinking about the way they want to show up in the world because, you don't have to wear the suit anymore on Zoom. Um, I do think that there is value to getting dressed every day. It's been proven in terms of um, habits and mood, um, as well as your results at work. Um, Even if your job is taking care of your children, I think that there is a value to having outfits that are designed for that purpose. So having a function-driven wardrobe is a wonderful thing. And in the era of Zoom, the the one thing that I would say in terms of showing up and looking and feeling your best on camera is making sure that uh, if you have a laptop, it's set up so that it's actually facing your face so that it's not you know, we not, we are way past the the time when anyone wants to see your nose hair. You know, oh yeah, like, yep. it's not a good angle. You know, from the kitchen table. So get a setup. We're going to be in this for the next year. So you know, get a little. It's not expensive. Uh, get a setup to put your laptop on so that it's upright. Get some decent lighting. Um, have something behind you and wear some color. 
You know, it, it can be that simple. You can wear a beautiful sweater that feels good and is soft and, and is delicious. That's what I'm wearing right now, but has a nice color, yeah. you know, that refracts beautifully on your face and helps you to feel good because yeah. the times are challenging right <laughs> yes. now. Yes. We and need all that. It ta- we, can, we, we need all that we can get to just feel what you're describing right now. So yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, wearing that necklace that your mother gave you or the thing that you won or, you know, whatever piece that is going to be talismanic for you to help you remember why you're on this planet, why you're doing what you're doing, why it's important for you to stay safe and healthy, you know, and, and stay hopeful. Yeah. Um, uh, because we all, yeah, we all need all the help we can get at this I moment. like that. Yeah. And you know, so when you're saying like, get a setup, um, you, when you're talking about the computer, when you're talking about, um, you know, it's not the day of like the nose hairs and stuff like that. Are you saying right. that it's coming from like the angle is going from bottom up? Is that what you mean when you're saying that? So when you have a laptop and you have it on your kitchen table and it's open and you're using the camera on the top of the laptop, it's looking up at you from the most unflattering angle possible. Got it. Yes. So double chin, (laughs) everything. Yes. Yes. So some people cheat and they sort of set up the laptop so that like just their face is on the bottom of the screen. And then they've got like a whole bunch of space above their head and it's it's very weird looking yeah. <laughs> and it's sort of like, I don't know if I'm probably um, dating myself, but it's like Kilroy is here, you know, <laughs> like you're just like, wait, what's Kilroy? Yeah. I don't know what Kilroy is. It's, it's a little uh, guy that was like <laughs> hanging over the edge of a wall. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it sounds funny. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very weird look. Okay. So, <laughs> You want to set up your camera so that you're setting it up just like you would a portrait. You know, you want to have some space just above your head, some space around your shoulders. You want the camera to see you just from like chest up, you know, Um, like maybe three inches below the clavicle. I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good point because I do think people have things kind of wonky, you know, and it makes a difference. and understandably so, right? Like we were in crisis. It's been a crazy time, especially for your listeners who are trying to work a full-time job and have their children at home. Yep. Um, it is a very challenging time. So I'm not, this does not come from, from a place of judgment. You know, it really is like, look and feel your best. Get the $60 set up from Amazon. It's going to lift your laptop up. It's worth it. I love it. Okay. So Allison, we're almost at the end of the show. So I wanted to ask yeah. you if someone was limited um, with the amount of money that they were able to spend, um, but they want to get the ball rolling with figuring out their personal yeah. style. Um, yeah. What advice would you give them in some tactical steps to take? Like if they, if you were to tell them to get like a few pieces of clothing, what, is, what comes to your mind? Like the top and it doesn't, this doesn't have to be zoom um, worthy just in general. Like um, what are the pieces that you're like, if I could tell all my clients to get these five pieces or less, this is what I would have you start with. That's a great question because I actually don't believe in those kinds of lists. Oh, you don't. Okay. (laughs) So, so what would you tell them? Well, first of all, I would say get on my newsletter because it's free. Um, (laughs) we'll put that in the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I'll offer you my coaching there. 
Um, and But really, the thing that I find that is missing the most from all of my clients' wardrobes is accessories. So mm. a lot of women have a lot of clothing, yeah. but not a lot of, you know, jewelry or shoes or a belt. Um, so these accessories are really the key to what puts an outfit over the top um, in terms of um, being polished and feeling put together. So when you think accessories, let's, let's talk about this. Like if people are kind of like not huge accessory wearers, right. Oh, and so they're kind of right. like, uh, I don't know. What is she talking about? Um, what stands out to you? Are you thinking like earrings? Are you talking about necklaces and what kinds are you thinking? Like, like imagine people are kind of just drawing a blank right now and they're like, I don't yeah. even know what she means. What does this yeah. look like? What, what stands out to you that you feel like makes an outfit really pop? I think that um, a necklace and earrings can go a long way and it mm. doesn't have to be some big statement piece. You mm. know, it really, there, there are people who wear the same necklace every day and the same earrings every day yep. and that's okay. Yeah. You know, that becomes your signature. It's like your, your wedding ring and your engagement ring. You know, you, right. you take them off at the end of the day and put them on in the morning and they don't change. Right. Um, you know, unless you're changing partners. Um, <laughs> Right. But, uh, <laughs> Hopefully we're not doing but, that every day. So I don't know. <laughs> not every day. Um, so, so that I think is, is an easy one, but I think whatever is easy for you, you know, because everyone has a different life, you know, it may not be practical. Someone may be, you know, one of our health heroes. So it may not be practical for oh, them right. to wear necklace every day, yeah. but earrings, sure. You know, um, yeah. maybe it's Apple watch that counts how many steps you're taking through the hospital. Um, and having a, a, a pretty, you know, wrist, uh, wristband, right. Um, you know, whatever, whatever makes sense in your life, start small and go from there. All right. So one last question I wanted to ask you, you know, people, I feel like they kind of get stumped with jeans. So you picked Nordstrom as the main store. If you could pick a brand of jeans that kind of works for most people, um, what stands out to you, um, that you would direct people to not your daughter's jeans. Not is that a brand? Or are you saying don't buy your daughter's jeans? No, 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 no. That is a brand. It's called oh. Not Your Daughter's Jeans. Oh, it and is a brand. Okay, yeah, it's a brand. They're um, pretty affordable. They're around a hundred dollars, um, and they're well made. They have a panel in the front that flattens out your belly, and they're cut in a way that kind of lifts up the butt cheeks, so they make your butt look cute. Nice. And they're very flattering. You can get them in skinny, straight, boot. Um, they make shorts, they make trousers. Oh, nice. Um, they now even make blouses, um, oh, like wow. tunic blouses, but, um, but they are great brands. I wear them exclusively. Okay. So and they're you... not paying me. So, right, okay. So do you, <laughs> um, can you find these in stores or is this mainly online? Um, yeah, you can find them in stores. It, at, Does uh, Nordstrom they... sell them? No? Yeah, they carry oh. them at Nordstrom. Okay. Um, they carry them at Macy's, I believe as well. Mm, okay. Um, and they also, of course, have their own storefront online. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, because I feel like a lot of people get stumped on that. They're just kind of like, I don't know what direction to go with. So that's yeah. perfect. Um, yeah. Allison, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This was so much fun. And I, I feel like, you know, I'm hoping that moms will maybe, I don't know, buy a pair of earrings or a necklace or buy some nice jeans and, you know, or maybe buy a setup for their laptop. (laughs) So thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Amber.
Hey, you guys, have you subscribed to the Mom Inspired Show email list yet? If you want to have discounts sent to your email and links to the books we discuss on the show, as well as all the guests' information, then you will want to subscribe. That way, every episode will show up in your inbox every Tuesday, and you won't have to go searching for the newest episode. It will be right at your fingertips. So just go to mominspiredshow.com and scroll down and enter your name and email, and you will be all set. See you next week.